Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. We're going to bring y'all into our huddle. You are in the way of with me, Bram, with me per usual, my producer, Marcus. What's up, Dev Nation? And our master of all things, Sound Maxine. How's it going? Boys, I am excited to announce rejoining us, one of my favorite guests on this show, the host of Bonte Steinian Guru on 95.7 again, an expert on all things Bay Area sports and a longtime friend of this program who, and this is unfortunate, has done really well in our Warriors predictions games so far. <laughs> Mr. Bonte Hill, what's going on, Bonte? Man, Bram, Marcus, Maxine, man, it's so good to hear you guys' voices during this uh tumultuous time in Amer- in the world, I should say, um, especially for us. So, uh, man, I was, I, this is probably as jacked up as I've been ever to come on and talk to Bram personally, man. <laughs> Usually it's just like, oh, I don't know, man, I really, uh, let me check the schedule. Let me delay this. Do I really want to go on with Bram? But you know, you, you asked me and I asked him in two seconds. Yeah. Yes. What time? Yeah, sure, no, I was doing I, it for joy. I noticed that we didn't have all the usual. Hey, I might have a couple of other things that I gotta attend. So let me quickly add a go f- yourself. <laughs> I mean, that feels like a really appropriate thing. And in order to deal with your ass during this show, I'm gonna go ahead and give you a little hint here. That's my beer opening. I'm going with a drinking episode. It, it feels uh, it go. feels appropriate. But but jokes aside, man, um, this is a weird time, and I, it feels really good to yeah. hear your voice. Any sense of normalcy? But how you holding up, man? Like how how are you doing throughout this? You know, I'm like you guys, and all jokes aside, you know, I, you guys know I lo- got love for the uh, Warriors Huddle Podcast, man. One of my favorites out there for sure. And I'll, I'll always come on no matter what. Um, I mean, it's just, it, it, it's crazy, right? We're, we're kind of locked in our houses and, you know, we're watching TV. I'm watching, you know, what I've done is watching the old, a lot of old games, 
No, right now at NBA TV, as we record this podcast, the Pistons are about to beat the Lakers and win their first ever NBA championship. So I've been watching a lot of Lakers Celtics, Lakers Pistons. Uh, I, for some reason, the other night I fell down a rabbit hole of Jason Kidd and started watching Cal versus Duke in 1993, the second yes. round of the NCAA tournament. I mean, <laughs> I've been going down so many different rabbit holes when it comes to sports. Um, but, you know, I, I think I'm holding up as well as I can, man. You know, it's everybody's going through it. You know, you try to take some walks and get some fresh air. Um, walking around the neighborhood, kind of seeing some of the businesses that are shutting down. And, you know, my local coffee shop, Ashley's over here on the 7th of California, they've lost 70% of their business. Sure. Um, and that, that's sad just to see their faces, man. And, you know, it's just desolate out in these streets. So, you know, other than that, man, I've been lucky enough to still be on the airways at 95.7 the game to try to uplift people and give them something, you know, out of try to give them some normalcy for four hours of the day, man, to just, you know, try to get through it together, man. But it's it, it's tough. No lie about it, man. I, I can't front. It has been a tough, tough time. But go ahead, Brandon. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm holding up as well as I as I can. Do you live by yourself, man, or do you have a housemate? have a housemate. My godbrother's living with me. Uh, you know, my girlfriend is always over, but my godbrother's here. So we have, like, we have each other. We're watching a lot of movies together. And, you know, our refrigerator is stacked and, I'm not sure if it's stacked with healthy foods. Uh, I don't see a lot of greens in the fridge, but uh, we do have food. <laughs> Fortunately, man, we didn't get uh, shut out of the grocery stores. But, you know, I have him to kind of bounce things off of. So um, it, it hasn't – I haven't been totally lowly here, but I think we're kind of sick of seeing each other and <laughs> with our scruffy beards and, you know, our PJs I, or whatnot. So, I mean, uh, I have never met your housemate. I'm sure you guys have a great relationship. Let me go ahead and speak on his behalf. He's definitely sick of seeing you. You know, I mean, so I don't know what like the best or worst thing about this thing is for me. So I'm a married man. I got a four-year-old here. And, and you know, honestly, I, I'm really lucky to have somebody here to talk to. It's great to have other people in this house with me. Also, the hardest thing about this is being stuck in a house with my wife and child. I, I feel like if this goes on for another two or three weeks, I may start licking strangers just so I can get into a hospital oh, and out of this home, too. Like, things are, you know, it's getting a little bit tough. But, uh, Marcus, Maxime, you boys still keeping your sanity or what? I'm hanging in there. I mean, it's tough. Uh, you know, you, you you get to learn if you live with somebody how they work. Like, um, my girlfriend, you know, is, is working from home, too, and is in an industry where I get to listen in and hear how she interacts in meetings, and it's just so different. You know, like um, she, people were joking, like you never knew your your partner was one of the people that says, like, uh, let's circle back to that. Yeah. One of those people. So, um, you know, it's been interesting, but, you know, just trying to keep saying, trying to stay exercising and, um, you know, just stay grateful that we're both healthy. There's a lot of stories popping up and it seems that we haven't kind of hit our apex yet. And. You know, you saw Carl Anthony Towns talk yeah. about his mom catching it, and that was heartbreaking. So, um, you know, it kind of just humbles you a little bit. And, you know, I'm going to complain, and, you know, it'll be it's, – it's for fun. But at the end of the day, it's, you know, it's, uh, it's serious and just happy that, you know, thankfully nobody I know too close has been affected um, well, seriously I'm, yet. I'm going to pull us out 
of the coronavirus rabbit hole, but I will add one last take on it. I've also had a chance to listen to my wife work. She's a fourth grade teacher, and it turns out that she has way more respect for her students than she does for me. I mean, I like really like the way that she talks with them. There's no question at all that she knows that they're a lot smarter than I am, but let's not go into that for, for what? Let's talk Warriors voice. Hey, Brad's going to be sleeping on the couch if she listens to this podcast. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, she might be upset about it, but really, I'm the one who should be pissed off. I'm just recognizing that she has no respect for my intelligence, which is what it is, man. You know, there's so few people who do, but uh, let's talk about the Warriors voice. And here's a question I have for you. And let me set it up. One of the really weird effects of the NBA shutting down of the sports in general, um, shuttering uh, across the world is the effect on the Warriors draft. And here's what I mean. There's no question in at all that the draftees, right, the, the playing field for the people whom they can actually draft, those guys are not going to be playing another game in college or anywhere else. There may not be a draft combine. We might not even have team workouts before the draft. So put differently, it is really possible that all of the information, all of the film that will be available for this draft field is already out there. It's already been created, which leads to this question for you, Monte. If you were Myers right now and you had to make a decision, you were on the clock, and let's say you had the number one pick, who would you take for the Warriors? Whew, you know, I've been going back and forth with this one, but I, I'm going to stick with James Wiseman. Uh, even though we've only seen three games of James Wiseman in college and two of them was against Cupcakes, uh, the one monster matchup they lost against Oregon, he had 14 and 12 in that game. But when I see the highlights and I see the upside and I see the wingspan, a 7-1 kid who can handle the rock, can pass, can shoot a little bit, and I look at the Warriors' roster – and what they really need, they need some size. Now, I love Marquise Chris. I think he's going to contribute uh, next season. I think uh, Kevon Looney, if he can hold up, that's a big question mark. If he can hold up, you know he can give you 15 quality minutes a night in the play in the playoffs. But I don't know about Looney and his health. Um, they need size, especially with Draymond Green now kind of getting older here. Um, and everything I've heard about James Wiseman, you know, a buddy from TNT, few weeks ago, man, we're talking. He has this little accent. He has an accent. He has a Southern accent, even though he grew up in Chicago. It's not even the Chicago. It's it's like he's from Atlanta or something. And he was just like, hey, dog, like, you know, James Wiseman is is like Chris Webber. And I said, huh? Really? So Mark Spears, we all know Mark Spears of ESPN. And uh, a few days later, I see Mark Spears. I say, what do you think about James Wiseman? He goes, dog, give me on the airways. Get him on the airways. And he's telling me that James Wiseman has skills like KG. Like a baby KG, and I'm thinking, whoa, all right. So I've just heard Chris, Chris Weber and KG attached to James Wiseman. All right, I, I could roll with that. Now, here's the other thing. You look at this draft, and is it the strongest draft in the world? Probably not. Um, Obi Toppin's another name from Dayton that I was watching closely early in the season, and I just, just don't know about Obi because a lot of his game is post-ups, and he has a slow release from the three-point line. I get the athleticism. It is there, but defensively, you know, he's going to have to guard guys like LeBron James, Kawhi Leonard, Anthony Davis. Right. I don't think he's close to being ready to that, ready for that. And that, not to say that James Wiseman is, but I'm just looking at life after Curry, life after Clay. And can Wiseman contribute to the Splash Brothers and Andrew Wiggins uh, next year, the season after? Look at KG's numbers. A lot of people say, well, he didn't play much his rookie year. He averaged about 10. But his second season in the league, 
KG was at 17 and 8, 17 to 10, I believe, uh, in that second season. So if Wiseman can give you that, I'm taking him. No Alamelo ball. Um, I look, I think he's got more upside than Lonzo ball. We don't hear much about Lamar. But if you if you gave me the choice of those three players, which seems like they're going to be the top three players taken in this draft, not to mention Anthony Edwards, who I'm kind of down on, and I just I look at the Warriors roster, I'm like, is Anthony Edwards a fit? I'm I'm not sold on him, so I'm, I'm going James Wiseman, fellas. I like that take, and we're actually going to have Yahoo's draft specialist in next week. So, Marcus Maxime, keep your powder dry. We'll we'll jump into that question a little bit more with Kristen. But I do want to follow up with this. And Bonte, you you hit the nail on the head. Um, I I mean, I'll I'll blow the ending. I'm also leaning towards Wiseman, and for a lot of the reasons you said. And I hadn't heard the KG comparison, so I'm definitely on board. Mark Spears, man, Mark Spears said that. I was like, whoa, that's legit. So I heard. Think about that in four in the four days, man. I heard Chris. Chris Webber and KG. And then when you watch the highlights, I'm like, man, this guy's got some game to him. Now, I get it, bigs are becoming extinct extinct in the league. But you look at the NBA, man, these guys are getting bigger, stronger, faster. And they're doing more with the basketball. So, uh, And you look at the Warriors, just the roster construction. Do they need another guard? No, nah, I think they can get another guard in free agency with the mid-level. Do they need another small forward? I kind of like Wiggins. I kind of like where Damian Lee's at. I like Pascal coming off the bench. I think they need that five, man. They need a five who can block some shots and just get some rim protection and run the floor and catch some loops. And Marquise good Chris is is a good option, but can he give you thirty five minutes a night? I'm not sure yet. Get somebody else like a Wiseman who can grow with the squad. And I think I think that's I, I, I got a gut feeling that the Warriors are leading that way. As much as so, let me start by saying position of need. Completely agree. I will also add the fact that he was compared to Chris Weber is not an upside for me. I still kind of hate Chris Weber, and I don't think it's justified. <laughs> I understand, but f- him, I'm just going to throw that out there. Uh, but here is um, a, a trade I want to suggest to you. So a listener uh, on Twitter reached out to us. A guy whose Twitter handle was Juan Toscano Anderson's burner account <laughs> suggested this trade. Take the Warriors pick this year, wherever it is, let's say it's top three, package it with either Loon or Marquise Chris, put it together with the Andre 17 million exception and trade them all to Indiana for Miles Turner, who's a big man, fits that same need, still young, about 24 years old, uh, just started a four-year $80 million contract and has had two disappointing seasons with Indiana after what seemed to be a breakout. And they look like they could be reshuffling the deck. I mean, who knows how this season will play out. But there's certainly reasons to believe that Indiana would be into it. So if you're Myers, would you do this? You know, would, would, you, would you give up on the pick, give up on Wiseman, and bring in somebody who's a little bit more established so that you know Turner is 6'11", 250, and he's uh, 24 years old? You know, that's funny, man, because on, our, on the show, Fonte started Guru, of course, did it too for you listeners out there, not to take away any listeners from Warriors Huddle, but I, 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 we threw this same scenario out on the airwaves the other day. It was the number one pick, but it was more so the number one pick for Miles Turner. Yep, and I was okay. saying, all right, if I'm going to trade a number one pick, let's let's not treat the number one pick like it's the 31st pick. This this is the number one overall pick in the NBA draft, no matter how you, how you, how you look at the prospects here. It's the number one pick. So I was saying that throw the number one pick for Miles Turner – and get me something more in return, maybe Indiana's first-round pick. I feel like Chris or Looney, plus that number one pick in that $17 million trading exception, $17.2 million trading exception, I feel like that's a little too much for Miles Turner. I'm yeah. not, I, 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 I'd be game to listen 
for a Miles Turner who just turned 24 uh, the other day, the, the, the day we talked about it, he just turned 24, March 24th. Um, I mean, you know, you look at the numbers, man, 13, 12, 14, the block shots is a plus. Uh, he can hit the mid-range jumper. I'm not filling the rebounding numbers. But that's something you can work on. I mean, the Warriors, they, they, re- they rebound the ball well as a team. Turner's an intriguing piece. I'm not trading Turner. I'm not trading for Turner with that number one pick and or Looney or Chris and a $17.2 million trade exception. I think that's a little much for a Miles Turner. Nikolai Vucevic, I may be listening. Sabonis from Indiana, I may listen to that, but not for Miles Turner. Marcus, what do you think? I agree. I think three players is too many to give up for Miles Turner. I mean, he's great. He was, you know, deservedly so getting, convert, you know, discussion about being defensive player of the year um, a year or so ago. So, you know, like it's, it's, he's a good player and he's solid and he's young, but um, that's just too much. I mean, I, I feel like we have a chance to finally start to get back to strength and numbers, something that we created and to give up that flexibility for one player as good as he may be as long if he's not named Anthony Davis or Carl Anthony Towns you know or Giannis I think but, that's too much okay but hold on you guys I mean because I understand that two is more than one and that's what we're talking about incidentally it's, it's the pick then Chris and then the, the 17 million dollar exception isn't a player so really it's just two players for one right and really what we're talking about is trading two blank lottery tickets for one that's already won a hundred Right. I, I understand that Miles Turner is not a number one pick overall. I understand he's not setting the world on fire, but we know who the hell he is. He is a legitimate center in the NBA who can protect the backside of the rim. If really given an opportunity, he can give you a double-double for the foreseeable future. He's only 24 years old. You know who we don't know shit about? Who the hell Wiseman's going to be? We don't know who the hell Chris could become. And Loon is an injury waiting to happen, an injury we don't even understand necessarily. So I understand what you guys are saying, and I wouldn't rush to say, yes, absolutely. But the notion of us giving up a ton to get Turner in, I don't agree with, because we don't know who the hell any of these guys are. Maxine, where are you at? You know, it's it's just, it's interesting that you bring up the question of injury. I don't really think that Miles Turner has had uh, an amazing um, 82 games. He hasn't even played all 82 games in a whole season. I, I, I don't know that he's that much less of an injury risk than Looney. Yeah, fair. So you wouldn't make it either? I don't think so. I, yeah, I, I basically agree with Bonte and MT. I think at the end of the day, it's a little bit too much of a haul to bring in or to send out for, for just one player of his caliber. You, you bastard. And only because you didn't agree with me, I got to bring something up with you. Bonte, I need your advice on something, man. Oh, I, I need you, I need you to channel. I mean, it's a, it's a good question. I need you to channel your inner radio professional because I know you work <laughs> with producers and people who do with your sound the whole nine yards. So a little bit of background. Last week, we recorded our first quarantine pod, right? And, you know, we're all in different places, man. I got to set up my own mic. Marcus is in his own place. Maxine is in his own place. We listened back to it, and my microphone sound is awful. I mean, it's just awful. And then no question that it's my fault. And when we release it, Maxine puts a little sound up front saying, hey, you know, Bram's mic is terrible. I will work with him, and we'll make sure we're fixing it. And it was what it was. Today, Maxime and I hop on the phone early to fix it. And in the first three seconds, before we say anything, goes, oh, your sound sounds way better this time. So what he was communicating was, when we first talked before we recorded the last podcast, he realized, Monte, that my sound was shit and we still recorded. So here's my question. 
as a guy who does this for a living, and you know, we we call Maxine the master of all things sound. When he heard my sound was shit last time, shouldn't he have said something before we recorded? Uh, yes, but you know what? I give Maxine credit. Producers make mistakes. It happens. Maybe it sounded good on his end. Maybe he thought it was fixable. Uh, so you know what? It, it's a fireable offense, but it's, wow. you shouldn't fire Maxine, man. He's he's built up a lot of equity on the Warriors Huddle podcast. So I give him a break here. Maxime is invaluable. We love him to death. But, you know, <laughs> I, needed, I needed a quick take on that. Maxime, well, hey, do, you want to, uh, do you want to defend yourself? Yeah, thank you very much. The thing is, Bonte, you're a professional, right? So if I were to come to you and say, hey, Bonte, like something doesn't sound good, first of all, I'm not in the room to be able to fix it. So I would trust you to do what you need to do to get the job done. What could happen with Bram is it could be a total panic attack. So we don't get anything yeah, fixed. I can see that. But now we'll he's all know. riled up. He's sweating all into the mic. And now you're hearing sweat yeah. droplets smashing into the microphone. <laughs> Nothing is fixed. And in fact, it's worse. So I figured cut my losses. We'll deal with it in post however we can. And like, and I can't get him riled up. If I could record yeah, this. Yeah, you make a good point, Maxine. No, hold on. I got to say this. He's a firecracker. You tell him the sound doesn't go well, he may throw the mic into the wall, man. So you may not have a microphone. If I had taken my mic, slammed it into a wall, jumped into a pool of sweat 15 feet down and recorded, it would have sounded better than the sound I had during the last one. But I digress. You know, I just I just got to throw that out there. It was what it was. Let's move to another argument, man, one I had with a friend of mine. So... I have recently, Bonte, fallen in love with Zion Williams. It's a weird thing to say. I've never been that dude who, like, had a league pass player. You know, like, I always just watched the right. Warriors, and it was what it was. But but Zion has been so impressive. He's kind of sucking me into it. And I admitted that to another friend. And what he told me was that sports bigamy, having a player that's not on your team that you like, is just wrong. What he told me was, it's like being in a relationship with somebody and then still going out to dinner with somebody else every single Friday night. So let me turn it to you. Is it okay to have like a, a player who I watch who's not on the Warriors and, and respect and watch them all the time? Or am I kind of cheating on Golden State by doing that? It's totally okay. As long as you're watching every single Warriors game, it's totally okay. I mean, I look, me personally, I've always had a, a player I watch outside of the Golden State Warriors, you know, starting in the '90s, Michael Jordan. Love watching Jordan. Yeah, there you go. Love watching Reggie Miller. You know, you look at this decade now. I mean, Zion is a tough guy not to watch. Jason Tatum. What about Jason Tatum in Boston? Damn. He. I, I mean, this guy is so smooth. Uh, he's a triple threat scorer. He drives on the mid range three pointers. I mean, the guy has handles, smooth crossover. John Morant. How can you not? Not like, there's a bunch of players I watch outside of the Golden State Warriors. I think it's totally fine as long as you're not rooting for the team. But if you enjoy watching a player play hoop, uh, there's nothing wrong with that at all. You don't have to boo everybody. Come on, man. <laughs> Your friend got some issues there, Brad. Come on, man. It's okay to watch Zion. Okay, maybe it was just me. Maybe it was a conversation with myself where I was saying you should feel guilty about this. I mean, whatever. <laughs> it is what it is. Maxine Marcus, do you guys agree? I think there's I think there's an allowance for home team or hometown players as well. Like I I enjoy watching Dame Lillard just mm-hmm. because he reps so Oakland and he's from Oakland and you know played against the high school I played against. So um, you know I feel I I like watching him and I would do a league pass player watch for him. But that's just because he reps Oakland. Like I wouldn't do it for James Harden. 
you know, it, even though. Is that a hard and fast rule? So it, we can be a sports bigamist, but only if the person who you are also watching came from the town that you came from? No, I mean, I feel like that was your initial pushback to your friend, whoever said that. But I agree with Bonte. I mean, I think there's so many players who are talented and even your take. Like Zion is entertaining enough that you want to watch him play. And if you're going to get to choose a few extra teams, you know, there's a reason why like Kyrie, love him or hate him for his off the court you know, like stuff, but on the court, you watch him play and he's one of the best people ever dribble a ball, you know, just dribbling around with his handle. He's fun to watch, you know, like Zion is fun to watch. Who who is he going to dunk on? So I think you can extend it beyond, but I definitely think you get a pass for somebody if they're from your hometown. I cut you off, Maxine. What were you going to say? Well, I was going to say two things. First, there was some discussions going around in our endless off season where all we can do is echo chamber with our NBA discussions about what it would be like if Harden was on the Warriors. First of all, I don't know that I could actually even watch him if he was on my team. Um, but second, to flip it on its head, what about Steph Curry if we weren't Warriors fans or if he didn't play for the Warriors? I think I would still watch him. He's such yeah, an electric sure. force that I don't care yeah. where he is in the NBA. I want to watch him, and I don't think that's a biased perspective. I think that is an objective fan of basketball. I like that. Bonte, if you had to pick one guy, so from here on out, you only have one other player who's not a warrior that you could watch and enjoy. Because the list you gave me was dynamite. But if you had to shorten it up, just one dude from here on out, who would it be? Wow. That's tough. That is tough. I may go Zion because, you know, I I haven't been the biggest college basketball fan in the last five years. I think the product has been watered down. But last season, I made it a point to watch as many Duke games as possible. He was must-watch must TV. And after watching him at the chase hitter when he came through and played against the Warriors, he had a dunk in the second half. I mean, it sounded like a stick of dynamite when he just – it was in one hand, like just it, – it, it almost broke the rim. It was just the crowd said, oh. And they had the mics now – I mean, excuse me, they had the rims now mic'd up at chase hitter. So it just, I mean, that was just like, whoa, who is this guy? And he makes it look so easy. You know, he's like a baby Barkley. He's like a baby Barkley to me. So, you know, just listening to him as a 19-year-old, he's very mature. He handles himself handles himself uh, well off the floor. Um, it's probably Zion Williamson, even though Josh probably a close second to Tatum at third. But I'm going with Zion. I'm, I'm going the same way. Watching him now is like watching a 19-year-old driving a Porsche. Like he's got all of these skill sets that he doesn't quite know how to use yet. And when he figures it out, watch out. You know, there's a, there's a play when he was playing against OKC and Steven Adams had him trapped on the baseline and they'd obviously worked on it. They told him like, he only has one move. He always spins, uh, you know, he spins towards the basket. So Billy Donovan had told Adams force him baseline and they got him exactly where they wanted him. And then because Zion is a freak of nature is so goddamn strong. He just went up and scored anyways. He literally just pushed Steven Adams. Who's a monster out of the way. And the camera focused on Billy Donovan and he put both palms up in the air and kind of shrugged his shoulders and had the unmistakable facial expression that screams, what the f*** are we supposed to do? And the second I watched that, I'm on board. Uh, Maxine, you're going to pick one guy. Who would it be? Zion. Zion is a force that is unique in this space. I mean, you know, he could have been a linebacker in the NFL. I don't, I, I, don't, I have not seen anything like this in my prime watching NBA time. I don't, why would I, yeah, he's, the, he's amazing. Marcus, don't pick Zion. Who would you pick, Marcus? <laughs> um, 
you know, I, I, I want to pick Zion, but I think right now, Ja Morant has had more exciting plays as a rookie. Um, I think what makes Zion a, a sexy pick outside of his skill set is that he has a great set of teammates around him that complement him having those exciting plays. Like, you know, Alonzo Ball, whether you like him or not, is still an elite passer and throwing, you know, alley-oops from half court isn't something that a lot of point guards can do. And, you know, Brandon Ingram's coming into his own, so it's making Zion's job a lot easier. John Morant has Jaron Jackson Jr. and, you know, um, you know, Brandon Clark, but those are all young guys. It's a young team. And some of the things that Ja tries, like, you know, going between his back when he almost ended Kevin Love's career and life when he almost dunked on him, um, those kind of plays, I think if Zion would have done them, we would have been saying, like, you know, they would have been on SportsCenter for two weeks longer, each one of them. But because Ja's doing it, it's a little different. So he's just as exciting. And to give a different answer, I'm going to go with the Grizzlies and Ja. Monte, do you think it's a little bit better to pick, like, younger guys, right? Like, so if I had said LeBron, there's a lot of people on LeBron's corner. You know what I mean? Like, it feels right. more like a bandwagon decision. Or if I bring up Harden or any of these dudes, do I get a little bit more credit or do we get a little bit more leeway by picking new guys? Like, Yeah, it kind of makes it look boring, right, if you pick LeBron at this stage because it's like LeBron fatigue. We've seen LeBron for so many years. We've seen everything that he can do. And then you throw in the fact that he was battling the Warriors uh, in four straight NBA finals. You're just like, ugh. I'm all I'm over LeBron and James Harden. I just I'm just not a fan of this game. I'm just not the dribble, 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 dribble. Let me take four steps, step back. I, I'm just not a fan of this game at all. Both sides of the floor. Um, if you said a w- Russell Westbrook, I would respect that. I'm not a Westbrook fan, but he goes so hard, man. He gives it everything he has on every given night. You talk about Marcus the the near dunks that uh, John Moran has. You see the near dunks that Russell Westbrook has. He had one recently on Montrezl Harrell where he almost ended Montrezl Harrell's uh, career uh, with a one-hander. So a guy like Westbrook, Dame Dollar, Damian Lillard, how could you not like watching him? Uh, he's kind of a veteran, right? He's kind of in that category, Bram, that you just uh, set up here. Uh, Damian Lillard is somebody I could watch every single night because he's pulled up from the logo. He's trying to dunk on you. He's crossing people over. And he goes hard and talks that talk. So – uh, you can have some veterans, and I wouldn't look at you crazy or look at you as a bandwagon fan at all. But if it's a LeBron, I'm just going to look at you like – because I really enjoy watching LeBron, is, you know, especially the Miami Heat years. I was blown away by those by those, uh, by those those years from LeBron James in South Beach. But, but now it's just like he's in the Laker. You, you kind of know more about him. It's just like, yeah. He's snitched on Draymond. You know, I mean, like, there's, there's all these like weird yeah. things. Yeah, we have a we have a broken relationship with Draymond. I I share my hatred for Harden's game with you. If you look at Harden's box scores, what he is doing is unbelievable. If you watch his game, it falls apart. It's like having an artist whose pictures you just love, and then when you actually watch him paint, it turns out it's paint by numbers. You know, it's it's a weird thing to watch to actually put down. But uh, let me push this forward because we have a brand new segment, one I am hell of fired up for. And if I'm being honest with you, Bonte, so I I always love having you on. You know that, man. But this time we specifically selected you because I feel like you are just perfect for this version of this segment. So let me set it up. Here's the segment. It is called Brackets. And the concept behind it is hell of simple. 
the one sporting activity everybody likes, regardless of how much they actually enjoy watching sports, is filling out brackets. Hardcore sports fans love it. Just pretends to like sports. Sports fans love it. <laughs> everybody loves filling out brackets, right? right? So in this segment, right. we come up with a question, then we use a bracket to figure out the answer to that question. Today's bracket will be called Two Men Enter, One Man Leaves, and the question is this. If the NBA got its hands on a time machine and had a no-holds-barred UFC-style tournament where eight players from any era fought it out in the octagon, who would win? So I reached out to listeners. I spoke with a lot of people and I've got an eight man bracket for you guys. Um, I'm going to give you those eight people, but first let me give you the players who were suggested, but didn't actually make our eight man field. We'll call it the NIT of the fighting ranks. Yeah. <laughs> Honorable mentions. <laughs> Kermit Washington, Ben Wallace, oh. Anthony Mason, Maurice Lucas, Al Adels, uh, the Polish hammer, Zach Randolph, Jason Williams, the, uh, the chauffeur killer, Kermit, or I gave you Kermit Washington, Carl Malone, Robert Parrish, and Delonte West. Those were the guys who did not actually make it. Unbelievable. <laughs> wow. Marcus Anthony yeah, Mason did make this. Anthony Bolt, Anthony Mason made the honorable mention, but he didn't make my, my eight-player field. Let me give you who did, all right? The eighth seed actually features a play-in game, and it's a doozy. One side, of the, one side of the play-in game is Michael Jordan. Gentlemen, 6'6", 216-pound uh, legendary shooting guard. Here's why he belongs. Not known as a fighter. I understand that. Doesn't necessarily have a dirty career, but he is recognized as the most competitive psychopath in the history of sports and a genuine cheater. So it could be a real problem in a no-hold-bar fight. His opponent for our play-in game is a Mr. Patrick Beverly. 6'1", 185-pound uh, point guard. He belongs because he's best known for playing the position so goddamn physically and so dirty that every player and every fan in the NBA wants to fight him. So there is our play-in game. The seventh seed, standing at 6'7", 260 pounds, Ron Artest, oh. a.k.a. Meta World Peace. We know yeah. where the hell he belongs, man. Come on. But he's best known at this stage for deciding to fight, I don't know, about 19,000 people during the malice <laughs> at the Palace. Our sixth seed. Billy Lambeer, 6'11", 245 pounds, also belongs for multiple reasons, but I want to bring your guys' attention to this. In a June 2008 Bleacher Report article called All NBA Villain Bill Lambeer, it said this, quote, his bad boy piston was the epitome of the 80s piston style of play. He probably has the NBA record for most punches thrown at him because he dished out flagrant fouls that even the NBA refs couldn't miss. If the NBA paralleled wrestling, he would be the ultimate heel, a reason why his nicknames included the Prince of Darkness, Street Thug, and the Axe Murderer. At our five spot, former warrior, power forward, 6'9", 249-pound, David West. Intimidating figure everywhere, described as a real tough guy by multiple teammates. But here's what stuck out to me, boys. He had the ability to cool off Draymond Green immediately. 
you know, in, in fact, Rusty Simmons once told us that the main thing that uh, David West did in the background was serve as the enforcer within the locker room and made sure that Draymond never went too crazy. So if he could hold Draymond down, he belongs in this tournament. Number four, Dark Horse, favorite to win it all, Mr. James Johnson, 6'8", 240 pounds, small forward. He has more active fights than any other active NBA guy, but perhaps wow. more importantly, this guy's a black belt and comes from a family of martial artists. Here is a interview James Johnson gave about his uh, training in martial arts, and I want you boys to take this into consideration as we actually discuss the fights. Here's the sound. I don't know where you are uh, for black belt. Uh, what, what, um, what made you get into it? Uh, my whole family. My whole family. My, my father. My father was a martial artist. My father was a martial artist, and his whole story was like, uh, you know, foster kid in and out of foster homes, and then uh, picked up the hobby of uh, martial arts and fell in love with it and installed it in his kids. And are you? You still train? Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, MMA. I train it all. Um, it's a great workout for me. You know, the, the the only down part about that is I know I'm not training to compete. You know, I'm, I'm training to get better shape, to have something different than running lines on a basketball court. And what, what would you say is your best? Uh, what, what is your style as a fighter? Wrestling, karate. Uh, all of it. I Brazilian jiu-jitsu. Uh, my stand-up game is nice. I've been, I've been fighting my whole life, so, you know, it's just been uh, nothing but training. So how, how kids these days train basketball all the way up to their college, and that, that's how I was for fighting. Boom. That's our boy James Johnson. We now turn to our top three seeds, boys. At the number three seed, Shaquille O'Neal. 7'1", 324-pound legendary setter and we got to point out the man was graceful great footwork and had his own video game called Shaq Fu so at least slight reason to believe that he had some kung fu skills our top two at the two slot standing at 6'8 218 pounds also a former warrior Steven Jackson look he was involved <laughs> in the malice of the palace I understand why he's there but the reason why he went even higher than run our test is, is in fact two reasons one Unlike our test, Jackson did not have to participate in this, right? Our test was just hanging out, being an asshole. The fans attacked him. He decided to get into it. Steven Jackson literally saw his boy into the, uh, or, or enter into the stands, and he was like, we're allowed to fight the stands? Let's go! And off he went, which he deserves some credit for. And he also had a thing in 2006 where he was run over by a car in front of a strip club and then just fired a nine millimeter into the air hella times to prove that he wasn't hurt at all. So, you know, deserving of a, of a fairly high pick. And that leaves our number one seed, gentlemen, Mr. Charles Oakley. Standing at 6'8", 225 pounds. Why he's number one? There is a Sports Nation article entitled, Why You Should Never, Ever, Ever Fight Charles Oakley, in which they pointed out that if he fought a lion and a tiger at the same time, it would be the jungle cats who would have to really focus if they wanted to match his intensity in a fight. So there is our field. We're going to start with our play-in game. And Marcus, to pacify you, give you boys a little bit of background when I announced this field, Marcus was all pissed off that uh, Marcin Gortat, the Polish hammer, was not in <laughs> fact involved. All right. So in our initial, in our, our fight-in uh, play-in game, 
for the eighth seed. It's going to be a three-man fight. Michael Jordan versus Patrick Beverly versus the Polish Hammer. MT, I'm going to turn it to you. In that very random three-person fight out, who comes out as the victor? Three people enter, one man leaves. I'm also very upset that Anthony Mason didn't make your top eight. I'm not, it's not going to be a four-person fight, dude. It's, and, it's already Marcus, ridiculous. Marcus, I, before you go, move on, Marcus, I, I just got to say I'm bothered too. How the <laughs> hell is Ron Artest a number seven seed? Are you kidding me? Oh, Ron Artest, Meta World Pizza seven? Oh, man. Oh, I mean, just ahead, wait. He's not, I'm, he's I'm, not I'm getting out of the first round. Right now. I'm no, telling you right I, now, I, I didn't think I'd have the first round. bothered by a bracket. He's not getting out of the first round. I'm just telling you, but we'll get there for right now. Go ahead. That play-in game. MT, who you got? The and play-in why? game, I have the upset. I have the Polish hammer moving on. Why? Describe the fight for me. Because Marcin Gortat literally asked if the NBA would consider including fighting into the game like the NHL hockey games do. And he is, what, 6'10"? And he's from Poland. You just don't mess with somebody like that. And his nickname is the Polish Hammer. Like, I just think he he upsets it. There's, I understand how competitive Jordan was, and he would cheat and rip your throat out at any given moment, did it to his own teammates. But at some point, the sheer amount of weight and size no. overtakes you. You crazy. Can't, you can't make up for that at some You're point. There's crazy. a reason why. There's a reason why you don't have heavyweights fighting. You no. know, like middleweight fighters, because as as good as they are at boxing. One punch from a heavyweight would just dismantle you if you don't weigh enough. So There's I'm a going to Polish the, Hammer. The reason why the Polish Hammer didn't make the top eight, too slow, not yep. graceful at all, couldn't move around in any way. It doesn't match Jordan's intensity. I feel like Jordan and Pat Beverly almost make an immediate unspoken agreement. You and I are teaming up, and we are taking down the big guy. Why because even have know. him in here? Well, whatever. They know. Doesn't matter. It's part of the fight. I'm just giving you my answer. They take his big stupid ass down almost immediately. Just almost immediately. He doesn't even realize what's happening. He's on his back because Beverly has taken down his knees and Jordan is punching him out. That leaves two people. And if you're really asking me who wins in a fight between Pat Bev and Michael Jordan, then I feel like you've never even watched Jordan's intensity. So there's no question for me. Jordan's coming out of this and he's coming out easy. Because we can't use four people. Maxime, sit on this one. We're going to bring you on to the next one. Bonte, who wins this, dude? I'm, I'm taking Jordan, even though Pat Bev is Mr. Chicago. He's got that Chicago winning. He's tough. He's gritty. He's nasty. You see the guy checking LeBron James. He's trying to check Kevin Durant. But youngsters, do not underestimate Jordan, Michael Jordan's competitiveness. I mean, this guy, we've, we've seen trailers of this 30 for 30 that's going to be coming out the 10 part series where he's berating his teammates in practice exactly. berating exactly them. Right. Let's go ask Steve Kerr how his jaw feels about practice when Michael Jordan socked his ass. I mean, Michael <laughs> Jordan was was a, was an animal. He was Kobe before Kobe. Where do you think Kobe got all this stuff from? I mean, the Jordan rules, people go pick up the book and read right. that. Jordan, man, was a dog. I am taking Michael Jordan over Patrick Beverly. No matter how tough Patrick Beverly is, Jordan is not losing uh, in that matchup at all. Give if, me Michael Jordan. He is walking away uh, unscathed in that matchup. If Gortat would have punched Steve Kerr, we wouldn't have a head coach right we'll now. Never find out. <laughs> we'll never find out. Gortat <laughs> is out of the tournament, buddy. First round play-in loser, which brings us our first real question. Maxime, I'm going to let you go first, and it's not an easy one, and it's one I'm excited for. 
the number one seed, Charles Oakley, finds himself in a fight against former teammate Michael Jordan, a number eight seed. In that fight, who do you have and why? Man, this you are throwing me under the bus with this question. How am I supposed to answer that? With an opinion. I don't know. What do you got? <laughs> well, I mean, a simple Marcin Gartant would do for me. Jeez. Can we talk about oh, – I'm sorry. I just need to circle back on that. There was a play cir- uh, circulating on Reddit. Uh, Steph – like juked him halfway across the court without dribbling the basketball. That dude is way too slow. Um, oh yeah, and let's I, go. I am Suck on also, that, Marcus. I uh, say, he does like, that to everybody. Suck <laughs> on that, Marcus. No, he would not do that, that to Jordan. Nothing. He that would he would not do that to Jordan. You shut your face. You know, Allen Iverson did it to Jordan. We're not talking about Allen Iverson. <laughs> I'm not going to jump down this rabbit hole, especially okay. since Gartat is already out of the tournament. Fair go enough. Ahead, hammer. Fair enough. first round loser Uh, didn't didn't Oakley like even just a couple years ago like get into some sort of fight with Dolan outside of Madison Square Garden inside inside Inside. okay I mean come on we it's sort of like the the inverse like I I wanted to see Pat Bev get farther into the tournament just that I could see him get punched in the face more rounds um I feel like, you know, Oakley's got to get some sort of goodwill for, for taking it up against Dolan on behalf of the entire league. So for that alone, I'm going to have to give it to him. Who you got, Bonte? Charles Oakley versus Mike Jordan. We'll put it three rounds, three minutes each. Yeah, considering Oakley was Jordan's bodyguard in Chicago when Oakley was a Chicago Bull, I even think Michael Jordan's saying, you know what, I just one dude. I may be better than him in basketball, but in this in this circumstance, uh, yeah, Charles Oakley in the landslide, man. Oak, Oak Doug. <laughs> Let me tell you guys a quick story. Summer League, uh, I believe, 2016, uh, for slash Fox Sports, and we were doing a series called One's Gotta Go. Uh, we're in Vegas, and it was right. We were doing rappers, shows, everything. So I saw Charles Oakley in the back, and I was like, "Hey, Oak, and you got a minute, man?" He goes, "What you want?" And I was like, man, I'm doing this series called – seriously, he's like, what you want? And I was like, man, we're doing this series called One's Gotta Go. One's Gotta Go. I was like, yeah. You know, it was like Drake. It was like Kendrick Lamar. This and he goes, bro, don't listen to that young people stuff, man. I was like, oh, <laughs> man. And he starts walking. And Gary Washburn of the Boston Globe, because was the Celtics, uh, national NBA writer, see a Bay Area guy, went to Cal. So he looks at me and goes, Bonte, are you crazy? That's Charles Oakley, fool. You can't push it, man. Are you out of your mind? And I was just like, you know what? He must be a bad dude if writers are saying, bruh, you're you're lucky enough to get one question with Oakley, let alone four or five, and not to mention what he did uh, at Oracle Arena when the Cavaliers won game seven. Oakley damn near beat up the security guards for not allowing allowing him into the Cleveland Cavaliers locker room. So uh, Oakley's winning this one, man. Oakley's a monster. You're lucky Oakley didn't turn to you and be like, you're the one who has to go immediately. Uh, I I completely agree with you guys. Um, I'll add a little bit of background to it. I feel like Jordan's kind of sense of self is going to work against him here. He's going to come in against Oakley, right? And we know how competitive he is, but he's always going to view Oakley as lesser than him because Oakley was always a lesser basketball player, right? But Oakley's whole role was helping Jordan. So I don't think he goes into this taking it seriously. I don't think he really realizes how much of a better fighter Oakley is, and it's over quick. 
because Jordan isn't really engaged early on, and we've got like a tap out in the first 30 seconds. So I think Oakley goes to the second round, and uh, it's a unanimous one. Let's look over to the other side of the bracket to the two seed, and I think, I think we may realize why our test didn't get farther, but let's find out. <laughs> this is the the uh, the blow up of the malice of the palace. The two seed, Stephen Jackson versus wow. the seven seed, Ron Artest. Wow. So just to set it up, wow. Stephen Jackson, 6'8", 218 pounds. The seven seed, Artest, 6'7", 260 pounds. A little bit shorter, a little bit heavier, perhaps a little crazier. I'll start us off. I, I, this may just be deference to the We Believe era. You know, I got so much love for Stag Jack, man. Captain Jack has been like that dude for me for so long that I've got to go Steven Jackson. But it, it, this is going to the card. No one's getting knocked out. There's not going to be any tap outs. I think you could rip off both of their arms and no one's tapping out. It's going to be like one of those nasty, brutal, bloody, ugly situations that if you're watching it, you feel bad. You know, like you almost don't want to watch. But at the end of the day, it's Steven Jackson and his in particular brand of passion and anger that comes out the winner. Bonte, who you got? I mean, first of all, this matchup shouldn't be played in the first round. This is like a <laughs> final four matchup. He's a seven so, seed. What do you that, want from me? He's a seven I, seed. I mean, this is a joke that right our test, <laughs> former DPOI from Queensbridge in New York City is a seven seed. This is disrespectful. And I love Stack Jack. I love Stack Jack. I mean, we know about the guy shooting up the parking lot at strip club in Indiana. <laughs> exactly. pulling, pulling out his gun. I mean, the guy's a, a madman, but we're talking about meta world peace you're not putting the reason why we're we're, we're talking about Art. the guy changed his name to meta world peace this (laughs) is the guy who told kobe what are you doing throwing elbows at me fool you know who you are you know who you're elbowing we saw what he did to james Harden in the playoff game that was ruined his life he almost killed the man on the basketball court with with one of those elbows ryan artest is one of the baddest dudes i've seen outside of charles oakley this is our first first upset in the bracket no. Ron Artest walks away by any no. means necessary. And I think Steven Jackson, Steven Jackson, if you had him on the podcast right now, would we'll say, you know what? Ron Ron got me. No man. way. Ron no Ron way. Oh, you're crazy. Yeah, you're completely crazy. Better World Peace Ron Artest is advancing in this matchup. This is insane. Marcus, we turn to you. Please give some sense of, of logic to this because it's obviously <laughs> Stack Jack, man. Who you got? I mean, I, I agree. I think we need to question the committee on having this be a. That's already matchup. been done. I hear that you guys are bitching. I, I mean, it is. What, who would you move him above? Unreal. The next seed is Bill Lambeer. He's not moving above him. David West, no way. James Johnson, Shaq, Stephen. There's no way. I think you're He's underestimating the craziness. Oh, Ron Artest, the man. I agree. The man. Oh, yeah. And I'm the glad he went out there and got questioned. some help. But the dude was certified <laughs> crazy, man. He was the, the bracket dude you just don't mess with. The bracket set. What do you want me to tell you? Who do you got, MT? Snubbed. Um, so, yeah. So, I, I remember looking back on the Malice in the Palace, I think it's underestimated how just mean the punches were, like how much behind the punches that Stack Jacks were throwing at those casual fans. <laughs> Like, if you go back and look at it, one of his right, like, straight arm punches literally almost decapitated that dude. He was so lucky that that dude with the glasses on didn't catch that punch. And it was like, it was a legit punch. Like, it was, he's taking some classes. All that said, I'm, I'm with Bonte on this. I think Ron Artest Shocking. at Queensbridge, 
mentality and just it, it's gonna push you over the top. He's got a little bit of edge to it. He was he was back in music videos with Nas when he wasn't supposed to be. <laughs> was, you know, like he he's just got that edge and he's just crazy. And you just you look at James Harden's face when he hits the ground from that elbow, and that says it all. I think I agree. I think Stack Jack out of pride and ego would say it would be a draw, but I think he if you got him in a room by himself, he'd be like, Yeah, Ron would get me. I just moved our test into the eighth seed, actually, after that whole explanation. So, uh, all right, all right, all right. Our hey, test. Real quick, Brand, think about this. Run our test tried to work at a circuit city in the offseason, and, and the Bulls had to tell him, like, yo, you don't need to work at a circuit city, dog. What the hell are you doing? I mean, the dude, come on. Run our test. Run our test should, we should be arguing about him being a one seed. Okay, okay, that's all the way fair. Fuck. That's should fair. be a one or two seed. But, but on, the, the other side to this, I can remember the media day where Steven Jackson, for no reason at all, slowly lifted up his jersey to show two praying hands holding a gun as a tattoo uh-huh. on his chest. And it was just like, oh, hey, by the way, I just got this, you know? So, again, the bracket's set, gentlemen. I don't know what to tell you. We're not moving anybody's seats, and I've already lost, so it is what it is. Ron Artest moves on. Let's go to the three seed, and this was an interesting one. At the three spot, Shaquille O'Neal. At the six spot, Bill Lambeer. Not an easy look. I'll go first. I think it has to be Shaq. But and, and I'm worried about this take, gentlemen, because what we know about Shaq is his unparalleled physical ability. But we also know is that he doesn't necessarily like to take that physical ability seriously. There's all these stories that he's always gone into every season and played himself into shape. So. I have to assume he's taking this fight seriously and he's come to play, right? From the opening bell, he's bringing it. And his just sheer size, I mean, seven feet, 324, as much of a bastard as Bill Lambeer was, if Shaq brings real effort, I think we've got a second round knockout because Bill's going to be too overzealous. He's going to keep charging into Shaq and it's only a matter of time before Shaq catches him one. So, Shaq with a 3-6 uh, victory. Maxime, go second, and we'll uh, we'll turn to Bonte next. Yeah, Bram, I'm sorry. I'm going to have to disagree with you. I don't think Shaq really ever came correct in the NBA, um, typically not bringing his A game in terms of fitness. And at the same time, did you know that Bill Lambeer has a basket, has a, has a, like a Super Nintendo game? called Bill Lambeer's Combat Basketball? Yes, I do. <laughs> yeah, yes, I do. So, I don't know how you can compete with that. <laughs> I mean, we used to Shaq had Shaq food. They weren't even playing basketball. They were just beating ass. So, even yeah. in the video game setting. But, Bonte, you are our tiebreaker. Who you got, man? You know what? Bill Lambeer was a nut. He was an absolute nut. The, bad, oh. the biggest bad boy of them all with the Detroit <laughs> Pistons. But... You know what? Shaq started a lot of fights. I mean, there was one oh poor man. I, he started a lot. He tried to sweep. He tried to take Barkley's head off. We see that on inside the NBA all the time. He got in a fight. Uh, he's got many fights, many scrums. Shaquille O'Neal. And he's just too big. Like Bill Lambeer would try to punk Shaq, and Shaq would just eat them alive. And Shaq showboated in your face. What he did to Chris <laughs> Dudley, like, like if I was like, he disrespected Chris Dudley and his kids after that dunk. He dunked on it with two hands put his nuts all in his face, 
And they pointed at him. I mean, I'm going with Shaq here. Big Shaq, oh. he didn't give a damn. I mean, yeah, he was a lovable guy, but he had a mean streak to him, man. I'm taking Shaq all day. Do you guys yeah, remember one all question? Those, one question. All those baskets that Bill Lambeer pulled down? Me neither, because oh, it never happened. <laughs> Shaq was a maniac. What was your question, MT? One quick question. So you called out when Shaq tried to punt Barkley, and we've seen that a million times on TNT. Right. Does that punch give you any pause? Because he didn't connect. He yeah, he missed. And and Barkley did that like suitor, like that judo roll where yeah. he actually like brought him down. <laughs> well, I think we should be thinking ahead if that punch didn't connect because we'd be looking at Charles it's Barkley exactly right. a lot differently, man. So he, he he did one. He was in Orlando, and I saw this recently. Actually, he's playing. He's playing in Orlando. The guy got in his face, and he basically like pimp slapped him. He like full palm in his face, just shoving back and like starting to scrub. So I was just like, man, Shaq, nobody even really tried Shaq because he was so big. He's one of those dudes that you didn't even try. And when you did, you better pray for their life. So Barkley got lucky there. He got out in the nick of time because Shaq wound up and tried to end his life with that. So yeah, Marcus, I get what you're saying. You know, it didn't connect here, but just just the thought of it connecting is enough for me to move on to advance Shaq in this bracket against Bill yeah. Embiid. I just, you know, when, you, when you start to think of ones that connected, like remember when Chris Childs, I think it was. Kobe, oh, yeah, touched Kobe's chin. Two, twice. Yeah, twice. He gave him a, yeah, he gave him a two he shot. Gave him the the yeah. two shot combo before Kobe could even react. I mean, that was like, you start to think of connecting, and it's like, I don't that, that one wasn't that close. I mean, Barkley isn't a judo master. He didn't pull off of that with some expert role. But they stopped it immediately afterwards, right? I mean, we got to put it into context. You know, if they had allowed them to keep fighting at some point, Shaq would have, you know, landed a bunch. And at that point, Charles Barkley's life probably would have ended. Um, and, and it's worth <laughs> saying, like, if really, if my biggest concern on this guy is effort, you know what really gets you to try as hard as you possibly can? Getting punched in the face. You know, so like if let's say he jumps into this and doesn't take it seriously at first and Billy is able to land a couple punches early on, the second Shaq engages this is over, but I digress. We've already moved them on, which goes to the four five matchup. This one's hard. This one's hard, but I think it has a clear winner. The four seed is James Johnson. The guy who's remarkable black belt background. We just heard about versus the five slot, David West, a real deal, tough guy who, you know, everybody universally has said, I don't want to fight. Because I'm kind of afraid of this matchup, Bonte. I'm going to let you go first, man. Who you got here? Yeah, you know, James Johnson's a psycho, man. I mean, <laughs> the dude, the dude, the dude is more like crazy. Um, you know, but a lot of it is he's trying to bully cats. You cannot try David West. He's a nice dude, but he's one of those dudes who's just—I mean, first of all, he doesn't have any body fat on him. And how many guys have you seen try David West? How many dudes have really tried David West? You could calm down Jeremiah Green, and you could stabilize that bench, and you could defuse situations as quick as he did with Draymond Green. That's a bad dude. So I'm going with David West because he he, he was just so, – I've never really seen anybody try him like that. When he when he got in somebody's face, they basically just backed up and said, okay, David, it's all good, homie. It's all good. Let's just continue to play basketball. Chase Johnson is crazy, but, I, you know, I don't think he gets a chance to, to hit David West with one of those roundhouse kicks. That he learned in martial arts. So I'm going with David West. Before I answer with my own take, let me give you a follow up I should have given you before we jumped into the four or five matchup. You were talking about Shaquille pimp slapping somebody. How much money, Bonte, would it take for you to be pimp slapped by Shaquille? 
right? Like if he came up to you and was like, I want to pimp slap you, but I'll give you any amount of money you want before it happens. When do we have your attention? Like 5,000, 10,000, like how, what would it take? Keep going up, baby. Keep going up. Fifty <laughs> k? Nah, no way. I'd have your attention at ten thousand dollars. There's no way you wouldn't take ten k to be slapped. You better give me six figures, man. You see them <laughs> paws he got, and you know it's going viral. You know it's going viral. So you know we start at a hundred thousand. You want to pitch <laughs> you know it's going start, viral. Start off six figures, baby. I'm paying off the student loans. I'm paying off the car note. I'm doing it all. <laughs> I, I love that response. We need to do a new segment called How Much Would It Take to Get Pimp Slapped by Shaquille O'Neal? We'll lean on we'll explore that next. Uh, let Red me line. first say. Shaq Pimp Slaps reporter who asked Charles Oakley silly questions. Yeah. <laughs> but, <laughs> but silly reporter pays off all loans, so everything's good. Um, Bonte, it kills me to say this because I love you. That last answer was hell of wrong. Did you not hear the minute and 30 seconds of James Johnson describing not only that he had a black belt, not only that his father was like a martial artist specialist, but that he spent his entire life going through martial artists or martial arts training? Like, we keep assuming or guessing how these guys' basketball skills and personality would transfer into martial arts and fighting skills. And I'll admit, I'm sure David West probably has a, a hell of a skill set as a fighter, but we don't have to guess what James Johnson, this fool has been trained in it. He's coming in with some crazy shit. I'm talking about some crazy shit. He's definitely walking away as the winner. This is kind of my dark horse uh, pick to win it all. So I got James Johnson. We've got another fight, and Marcus, you're the guy to make the decision. Who you got? This is a tough one because I, I think, to Bonte's point, David West does have a lot of intangibles going for him, and there's a reason why people didn't mess with him in the league. Um, but I'm with you, Bram. I think the training at the end of the day shines through. I don't think you can earn a black belt and have all that MMA training. And just the way James Johnson was talking in that clip, it was – it was almost like wishing, like he had that wish factor about him. Like I wish somebody would try to fight me like because I'm not allowed to. So I think James Johnson pulls a little bit of an upset here and goes through. So my plan was to stop us here, to keep us at the final four and then do the rest of the bracket on a future episode. But I'm having too much fun. If you boys are down, I say we finish this out. What do you think? Let's go. Final four. Let's Let's I'm going to the hell out of you. Let's go. Final four. We'll start on the one seed side. We have the number one seed overall, Charles, the enforcer Oakley versus the number three seed Shaquille O'Neal. This one's not an easy one. I'm kind of panicking about it. So I'm just going to sacrifice you, Maxine. Who do you have first? Oakley. There's still no question in my mind. There's a reason he's the one Why? seed. Why? He's crazy. <laughs> I, at the, I, I mean, there's a reason that I voted for Lambeer over Shaq. I don't, I don't think that Shaq has quite that energy in him. Um, so I don't even think Shaq should be here right now. Bate, you agree? Damn, this is a tough one, man. I, and I get Maxine's point, man. And now I'm, I'm kind of wishing that I did pick Lambeer because a, a matchup with Lambeer and I'll Oakley be would be an all-timer. It would be a classic. It would be a classic. But there's a reason you picked Shaq. Uh, there's a reason you picked Shaq, Bonte. He's but, a big man. You know what? Oak, he's a big man, but Oakley's a number one seed for a reason. He's got that edge to him. He's no punk. We know that. He doesn't care what size you are. He doesn't care if you're 7'5", 360 pounds, 5'11", 160. He's going to destroy you. He tried to destroy the owner of the New York Knicks like it was nothing. I mean, he, you see the way he chirps to Charles Barkley. 
He was trying to fight Charles Barkley for 25 years. Like, oh, get over it, dog. You retired. He still wants to fight Charles Barkley, man. I mean, the dude is nuts. So he's cert- he's a certified insane human being. I'm going with Charles Oakley right here over Shaq in a thriller. This would be a thriller because Shaq is so big. But you guys brought up some great points. Shaq always had to work himself into yep. shape. This up. is a fight you don't want to go in, you yep. know, just kind of lollygagging into the ring here. <laughs> uh, I'm going with jo- I'm going with Charles Oakley here. Uh, Charles Oakley in the final. It's only right. That's I, I agree with you guys. You don't even need my take because we already have two of the three, but I'll make it three out of the three. What I think happens is Shaq comes in and tries to make a joke early on. He's too much of a showman, right? So, like, the, the, the ref starts the fight. He does something stupid. I don't know what it is, but he does something, turns his back on Oakley something to be some kind of a showman. And in that second, Oakley f-ing dominates him, and it's over. You know, like, I mean, it's it's the type of thing, like, you just didn't take it seriously enough, Shaq. You could have done this, but it just doesn't work out for him. And he finds himself on his back losing quickly, which brings us to the other side of the bracket. It pays me to say this. You guys are killing me that this is the guy who's here. The number seven seed, Ron Artest, up at the top versus the number four seed and dark horse uh, probable pick for me. James Johnson, MT, you're up first. Who do you got? Ooh, this is tough. This is sheer just, it was born in you versus it was trained in you. Oh, man. Oh. Factually accurate. I think given that James Johnson is probably bigger than most people realize. I don't think he's that much smaller than Ron Artest. 6'8". So James Johnson is 6'8", 240. And uh, Ron Artest is 6'7", 260. A little shorter, a little heavier. Yeah. I'm going to go with James Johnson. I think I think he pulls out some, some Mr. Miyagi tricks on him and paints the fence with him a couple times. and some Wax on, wax offs. Wax, waxes <laughs> off and, and moves on. I think it's a close one, though. I mean, you, you never want to underestimate crazy. And I think Ryan Artest had that in spades, especially in his prime. Um, but, yeah, I think Jane Johnson wins it. It goes to the cards, though. This is your boy, Monte. Who you got? I'm not picking against Metal World Peace, man. I'm not, I think Metal World Peace sees Oakley. He sees Mr. New York. Hell, Metal World Peace may have uh, may have learned a few tricks from Charles Oakley from growing up in <laughs> Queensbridge. I don't care how much karate and black belts, yellow belts, whatever belts you want. Uh, Rhino Chess will find a way. I mean, you see the headlocks he's put in. I mean, the guy, the guy is lethal, man. And I get it. James Johnson may get a couple kicks, and Rhino Chess may start to say, damn, those are nice kick, bro. He may look at James <laughs> Johnson in the face and say, Hey, that was a hell of a kick. Where'd you learn that from? Do no chop or whatever. I mean, but but Metal World Peace is a certified gangster. He's crazy, man. I'm telling you, he would fight to the death. He's not losing this matchup. He's he's a he's a crazy he's a crazy man. So I'm going with Queens Queensbridge here, and an after it may be a majority a, a split draw. Who knows? I, I don't. This one's going down to the wire. But I got to lean run our test, man. I'm leading with run our test. So this is going to be a surprise, boys, and it kills me to say it no. since I put him at seven. I'm going Ron Artest, no. but here's why. Here's why. Everybody settle down. It's really more of a circumstance of where he finds himself. So Ron Artest in that first round, had he lost, and I thought he should have, versus Steven Jackson, that would have been it. But if he moves on, we're now talking about a crazy man who suddenly realizes he has a shot at actually winning. 
And if Ron Artest locks in, if he enters this and just harnesses all of his psychotic powers from everywhere and comes in there ready to fight, then he is the type of dude who could take, like, I don't know, 15 perfectly placed, perfectly trained, perfectly executed martial arts kicks to the face and be fine and just not care, you know, like just just enjoy the pain and continue going. So a locked in Ron Artest, and I can't believe I'm saying this, I think moves on to the final against Oakley. Maxime, I, I, I heard you. He's moved on, but I still want your shake just for prosperity. What do you think, man? That's Who right. would have won this? Listen, I, I just, you really opened my eyes to this other side of James Johnson. And so while we were all chatting here, I pulled up some stuff. Here's a quote from a Sports Illustrated article from January of 2018. Um, Johnson began karate at the age of four, and by his 18th birthday, he secured seven world karate titles, nine <laughs> national crowns, and compiled a sterling 20-0 and record as a kickboxer. And now, I was going to say that in this round and just assume that would have done it to bring him to the finals, and I get why you're saying he's a dark horse. Here's a direct quote from Johnson. I've been knocked down before. I've been knocked out before. But I remember getting back up before that 10-second count, and I remember winning that fight. You tell me anybody else in that back in that bracket has experienced a total knockout and I has mean, gotten back up and, and even just finished fighting, even if they then lost. And the dude won on top of that? I'm sorry. This is not about basketball anymore. This is not about any kind of fighting. This is about, like, fighting in a ring, and this dude has it over anybody. I mean, his his experience as a karate champion doesn't shock me or really sway me that much, only because I watched Daniel LaRussa win the All-Valley Karate Tournament, and he couldn't win this goddamn tournament either. So I, I'm sticking with our test, but Marcus, Bonte, did that take sway either of you? Dude, he, Maxine made a hell of a case. I didn't know about that, man. I, what do you I, got? I, I you do, switch over? Maybe I'm, I, maybe I'm underrating this Johnson guy. Maybe I'm underrating this dude. I, Are you switching? I still That's the question. Man, Marcus. I picked James Johnson. I can't switch. Oh, that's right. James Johnson. Oh, man. You know what, dude? This kickboxer. That story got me. The story got me. <laughs> I, I mean, I can just, the story no. got me. I didn't Are know you switching? That, man. In, in the last I'm round. switching, man. I got to. Oh, my God. Piece, man. First of all. First of all, you should have never been a seven seed, right? Should have never been a seven seed in the first place. We've already this is gone where we've being a bridge. Dude, this is where being underseeded hurts you because you match up with a guy like James Johnson in the Final Four. Damn, man. I never thought I'd do this, man, but I got to switch to Mr. Johnson. I didn't know you were I can't believe this happened. Damn. I can't believe this happened. I can't believe we allowed Maxime to even talk. Okay, future, I mean, a mental note. Let's make sure that Maxime does not participate. Well, it seems like I need to participate because I'm coming in with the facts. Well, here you go. Dude, Mr. don't facts. fact for I had no idea. I was blown away. I was like, wait, what? Same. <laughs> we'll use those facts. Dude, it's a nut, man. We go to the championship round, boys. So on one side, the number one seed, 6'8", 225-pound legendary ass kicker, Charles Oakley. On the other seed, the number four, six, or I'm sorry, on the other side, the number four seed, 6'8", 240-pound martial arts legend, I guess, the owner of multiple Maxine stories, Mr. James Johnson. I want all of your takes on this. Let's see if we actually, if, if it's two on two, um, we'll reevaluate, but let's see what you guys think. Uh, Marcus, start us off. 
Oh, damn. I got to start off? <laughs> um, this is tough, man. I see I see Charles Oakley going some MMA-style stuff in UFC, and it just catches James Johnson uh, off guard. And, you know, like karate's no match for that. We've seen black belts fight UFC MMA people and just get manhandled pretty quickly. Um I got. To, I think I got to go with Oakley. I think Oakley's just got enough of that craziness in him, and that he somehow goes a little dirty. And um, as as much training as James Johnson has had, I think you know the what you learn in terms of karate style just is no match for the street street brawl style. I think I think Oakley gets him. So I'm gonna go Oakley. Maxine. Whew. I mean, that's a it's a really good point. We're really coming down to street fights versus ring fights, and I mean, at the end of the day, we're talking about what's going on in the ring. The end of that article, Johnson talks about hoping to bring his Heat teammates, Hassan Whiteside, Dion Waiters, Wayne Ellington, and Udonis Haslam, all the real ones, he says, into an octagon this summer. And as far as I'm concerned, anybody that's like literally on the record saying that they're itching to get in the ring with people, um, dude is coming correct. He's prepared for this. And I'm I'm putting all my money in on James Johnson. I will go third. Bonte, you're our closer. I'm going the other side, boys. Charles Oakley. Let me go ahead and reread what the article said. An article entitled, Why You Should Quote Never, Ever, Ever fight Charles Oakley. If he fought a lion and a tiger at the same time, the jungle cats would have to really focus if they wanted to match his intensity in a fight. I I understand who James Johnson is. I have been referring to him as the dark horse throughout this pod, but Oakley has been the guy I have always brought up as the go-to example, as the, the tough guy in the NBA, the guy I would want in my corner. If I was stuck in a zombie apocalypse, it was Oakley who I wanted to help my family through it. I'm not turning my my back on him now. Oakley in a hard-fought, hard-fought knockout in the third round. We turn to you, Bonte. Who you got? You know what? Maxine brought up the quote about how he wanted to fight dudes in the octagon. Look, I get it. You're a tough guy. But tough guys don't need to talk about that stuff. Let's they go. Do it. <laughs> and, and Charles Oakley would just do it. Oh, octagon? Wait, you want to fight me in octagon? Let's go. I'll fight you right here, punk. You don't need a octagon. Oakley needs a street. You don't need much room. Put him in a phone booth with James Johnson, and Oakley will be there. Uh, <laughs> Charles Oakley in a landslide here. Don't matter about the kickboxer. Oakley will probably break his leg and take snap his leg off and be like, now what you going to do, punk? And talk trash to him. Charles Oakley's a bad dude. He's a 1C here. He's a 1C for a reason. Charles Oakley wins this tournament hands down. Uh, and I don't think this final matchup, I think it starts off great. The hype is real. Everybody's going to be jacked up off of the Jade shots and upset over Rod Artest. But Oak's got this, baby. <laughs> Oak will TKO this boy. And uh, Oakley wins the bracket. Let's go. MT, remind me, who is your take? Are we at 2-2? No, oh, I feel like every time I give you my take, you just automatically go that I said somebody different. I said Oakley. Okay. I mean, I don't have to be upset about it, man. I'm Jeez. just trying to make sure I know who you said. By the way, who did you pick? Did you pick Johnson? <laughs> yeah, go I, yourself. I <laughs> How about that? Uh, <laughs> yeah, announcing oh, our 2020 two men enter, one man leaves bracket champion, Mr. Charles Oakley. Huge 
fun, you guys. Hell of a start to the bracket segment. I'm not even going to go through my BS, Montana. Instead, I'm just going to turn to you. Um, I, this is not a joke. It's not even a hyperbole. This quarantine sucks ass, man. And this last hour has been yeah. a crazy amount of fun. The reason of that being is we had an opportunity to talk sports with you. So other people out there who would like to replicate this, who need more Bonte in their life, where the hell should they turn? Yeah, go to Twitter, at Bonte Hill. I'm tweeting incessantly, Madden stuff, throwback stuff. Uh, follow at your own risk, at Bonte Hill, B-O-N-T-A-H-I-L-L, or 95somebygabe.com. Ran all my work there. Now, you know what? For the last hour, I would continue that his boys, it's felt normal. Uh, I forget that I'm locked down in the house, man. This has been a lot of fun. Yeah, that's what's up. That's exactly right. Go Warriors. Hang in there, you guys. This will pass. We will get through this. And until we do, we'll be back hopefully next week. Thanks for everything. We'll talk to you guys soon. Good, good. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C., If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com.